Hey everyone, welcome back to Beyond the Bar podcast. I'm your host, Anissa Tova. And today we've got a real treat for you. Uh, we're chatting with a legendary actor and comedian, Tom Arnold. Now, you know him, he's the guy who had us laughing out loud in all sorts of roles from big screen to our favorite TV shows. But there is so much more to Tom than what we see on screen. And today we are going to dig a little deeper and get to know the real guy behind all the fame and fun. Tom, I'm super excited to have you here with us. Welcome. Well, thank you. That sounds uh, very, uh, I'm sure people will be very disappointed when they dig in over here, but uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be out here with you. It's very nice to meet you, Mike. You know, the beautiful thing about this is what I really appreciate. You are going into it completely blind and trusting because the essence of the podcast is really to get to know people and truly go beyond the bar, fames and titles. Um, so it's easy to read the headlines, but I'm interested in knowing the guy behind the headlines. And so I'll ask you a very open-ended question. What's, what's your story, Tom? Well, my story right now, you know, uh, I'm a 64-year-old single dad with an 8-year-old and a 10-year-old and his father, daughter, dance. I still got some of the nail polish on it. Uh, that, I have, you know, I have four ex-wives. I uh, spent a lot of time in court, especially the last seven years, because you get divorced and it's, you know, people get their feelings hurt and they say things, whatever, and then you move on. You know, it's a, if it's about money, it's just money. It's a... But there's a way to figure it out. I live in California, community property, MMM. But then if you have kids in a divorce and somebody wants to, uh, you, you know, because people realize, oh, I know how to hurt that other person. I know what I know what they care about the most. It's these kids. So, you know, you could be, uh, it's been a, a quite a journey for me and my kids. Uh, seven years worth of court, et cetera. And uh, I'm very grateful, you know, uh, I'm grateful to, that uh, we have a smaller life than we started. We live that, uh, but, you know, it's worth it. I always wanted to be a father and, uh, uh, you know, that came true later in life. And, you know, I want to raise my kids. I, you know, it's, that's, you know, when, it, when we first got divorced from my ex, uh, my lawyer said, what do you want? He said, I said, well, I want 50-50 custody. You know, he's like, no, no. No, no. Wait till they're like seven or eight and they're fun. Then I go, I don't know where I'll be when they're seven or eight. We're going to do it right oh. now. That's how it should be. And I think that's very reasonable. And, uh, you know, and uh, here we are. Very, very grateful. That That is actually amazing that you put the interests of your children uh, above above your own because that is a tough process. I've been through it myself. Um, and one thing, this was about 20 years ago, basically there, my kid's dad and I, we, we, we sort of, we grew into being friends, being, being respectful to one another because at the end of the day, you know, it is about kids. And it was interesting because our kids would say, you know what, mom, um, you guys were sort of almost like more, not functional. Like we, we have friends from intact families and they argue so much. And the two of you actually, it didn't feel like you were divorced. So it can happen. You're right. Absolutely. It's not easy, that, though. It's not easy, but it's better to be uh, uh, in, in two happy households than one unhappy household just for the sake of staying together for the kids or whatever. 
a lot. People used to do that a lot, you know. Um, the, I, most people do grow into that sort of co-parenting role where they decide they love their kids more than they hate the other person. But there are some people that that it, it's rare, but they just can't because that that conflict, you know, that that's their thing. And if there's any way to make more conflict, or you know, for instance, in our case, my ex has swatted us a bunch of times. That's where you call the police. You're like, okay, the guy's name is Tom. He's violent. He has a lot of guns. Go get him. And uh, you know, the police come in hot. You know, and the kids are always here, of course, when she does that. But and then you get to know the cops. And once it happens a bunch of times, they're like, dude, call us if you even think she's going to do this. So. You know, you. I think you get if normal people. I would assume. You know, if I were uh, taken out of my house on Christmas by the police, I'd called, and uh, I think I'd be go. I'd go. Okay, uncle, that's it. Now I've learned. I'm moving on. But there are people that uh, that apparently don't move on. But it's, you know, I I'm so grateful that I'm so close to. My kids, because sometimes in these situations with all the conflict, the kids, you know, one parent's trying to get the kids away or alienate the other parents. And that can happen. That's a real thing. And I'm very yeah. lucky that that hasn't happened. That's a that's a great point. You know what? Uh, on the topic of kids, how would your kids describe you? Uh, my daughter, who's eight, would... Uh, um, you know, describe me in probably a better way. You know, like fun, talk too much sometimes, uh, does everything with her. I never, she'll say, I never say no to her. Uh, and she, if I get up, come home, she goes, Daddy, let's play. I go, let's, okay, what are we playing with? A balloon? Okay, that's it. We're doing it. And you know, you learn to love those things. Uh, uh, you know, I love her. My son's, a, you know, he's 10, but he thinks he's uh 16, and uh, he, he said, you say, what do you do with your dad? He's like, nothing. I mean, we do all, everything that you can, <laughs> you know, but, you know, you can feel his vibe. He digs it here. He does dig it here. Um, but it's the best thing, you know, and they change so much. Uh, you know, my thing is, I want, I need, I feel like the, the kids are came here fully for, and it's my job as a parent to protect them and uh, to, you know, give them advice, but also figure out who they are in life and facilitate that for them. So, you know, anytime I projected and thought, oh, my son does this or he's going to say this because that's what I would have done. You know, I've been wrong. you got to, you know, there's a lot of listening and a lot of attention. And one of the big things, you know, I'm kind of on the spectrum myself a little bit. And when we first, you know, you have to be, kids need you to be omnipresent. They need, you know, and I remember I used to come home and I go in my office and get on my computer and go on all the internet and watch every sport thing, whatever. And then it'd be hours later. And uh, so uh, one night I got home from a, a concert I hosted and uh, feeling good about myself. And my babysitter went home and I went to my office and thought I'd spend five minutes on the internet. And uh, I'm going and all of a sudden beside me, I see my daughter, she's 18 months. And uh, she says, uh, daddy, come to bed. And, She'd gotten from upstairs, and there's a gate at the top of the stairs. She got out of bed, got through that gate, walked all the way downstairs into my office, and I looked at her and I said, "Honey, you got to get back up there. I'll be up in five minutes." And then I kind of went back here, 
And then I realized, oh, she's still here. And I looked at her <laughs> and I realized, oh, she knows every lie I've ever told. Like she, she knew I was lying just then. I didn't know I was lying. But so <laughs> <you're fine. laughs> that if I say, if they're like, Daddy, can you uh, do help me with this? If I say five minutes, it's five minutes, and they put me on a, a timer, you know, and we time it. Uh, uh, and the same goes for when they get home from school. I'll say, what What about your homework? I'll, uh, give me uh, 12 minutes, and then I'll do my homework. And so it works both ways. And, uh, you know, I'm constantly learning and, and uh, trying to figure out a way to be a better, you know, person. And uh, the kids are very helpful. They do. They ground us. It's so it's so humbling, and and they 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 speak the truth. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was I was curious. I mean, looking back at your, um, your your acting career, um, if somebody was to, if somebody was to actually portray you in a movie, do you know who who would you want that person to be? Uh, a couple of people have. <laughs> yeah, there's two movies about my first divorce. And it's a weird thing watching somebody uh, play you in a movie. You know, it's a little, it's, it's, you know, uh, it was a very strange feeling. And I think there were kind of, there were people in the movies I actually knew. Um, you know, uh, uh, I, I, I can't imagine who it would be. I, I know a long time ago, a guy wanted to be my stunt double, my double, but he had, $75,000 for the makeup on his face. You can Google this. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it, it, that is crazy. You know, it seems like you'd have $75,000 for the uh, plastic surgery to not look like me. But, you know, it's, wow. it's uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I have, you know, there's a documentary series about my sister called The Queen of Beth. My little sister was the biggest drug dealer in America. And people are like, was it embarrassing that your little sister was a drug dealer? And I'm like, not when I was doing drugs, it wasn't embarrassing. It was, it was actually kind of handy. But, you know, uh, to see they went into our childhood, you know, a lot. And, uh, and I participated in the documentary. And uh, watching that is a weird, you know, mm. watching yourself, kid, as this is happening, that, you know, this is what the life was like. That was, uh, that was a little, uh, you know, seeing myself as myself is a little disconcerting. Um, I will say this. Uh, when I became a parent, I heard a lot of other parents at schools, you know, a lot of people are that, that live your dreams, you can dream it, it can happen, whatever. And I remember thinking, that's a lot to put on a kid. You know, mm. I, I, maybe if you, your dreams are a little bit half or reasonable. And then I realized every dream that I've ever had has come true. I grew up in Farm. I worked at a beef packing plant on the kill floor for three years out of high school to save money to hopefully go to college, you know, to become a comedian. The reason I want to become a comedian, I was raised by a single dad too. And and mm. uh worked at a factory, and the only time we ever heard him really laugh was when there was a Bob Hope special on. Bob Hope was a comedian that used to do these fantastic specials in the sixties and seventies, and he'd go to Vietnam or South Korea or Germany to entertain the troops, and he had pretty women. And that was my dad's sense, kind of humor. And, and so I said, whatever Bob Hope does, I, that's what I'm going to do. One of the first things I did when I got to Hollywood was a Bob Hope special. And Bob Hope called my dad. He signed all this stuff for him. And, uh, and, and so my dad, in the same living room, 
they used to watch Bob Hope when I was a kid, watch me and Bob Hope, his son and Bob Hope. And I thought, well, that's the magic. That's a pretty magical thing. Then I thought, well, what? Okay, I've done it. That's my goal. Now, why do I do it? That was like 1989. But, you know, it really is. And I can remember being, uh, you know, in the meatpacking plant, daydreaming, you know, daydreaming. I remember Mark and Mindy was on TV back then, the Rob Williams show. And I was okay. daydreaming. I was best friends with Robin Williams. And then, <laughs> then I get home and look at myself in the mirror like, you got to quit having that. That's it. That you'll never meet him. How would that even work? Whatever. And then about 10 years later, I was sitting in Rob Williams' house and we're getting ready to start this movie, nine months. And uh, and uh, we're sitting there at dinner for all the actors, Hugh Grant, me, Julianne Moore, Jody Cusack, Jeff Goldblum. And at the end of the dinner, I'm sitting across from him. And I'm like, uh, Robin, I have been here before. And he's like, what, in my house? I go, no, this, me, you. Best friends, and he's like, "Tom, we're not wow. best friends." No, I know, but it's it's weirdly close to the way I imagined it. So, you know, wow. uh, yeah. things can happen. Things can happen. Well, you didn't just dream it; you manifested it. That's um. Yeah, that is, I think, not to sound like Oprah, but I have manifested a few. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. I have a question. I mean, you're you're obviously pro at cracking jokes. Um, has being funny always been your secret weapon, you know, since you were a kid and to help you deal through setbacks? It's been helpful. You know, I well, I grew up in a time in a, in a really working class town where uh, the older boys were just brutal. And I sort of had to wait. Me and my buddy had to walk a gauntlet on the way to school. Uh, the older boys on the block, you know, and uh rough they're rough I mean, you learn how to fight which is the good thing and then eventually that you know even if it takes till your last day of high school you eventually get them back whatever which is what happened like as we got bigger you know they they kind of stayed the same but uh you know i think that that um you know dealing with that kind of stuff and and uh what was your question you know if you use the laughter to help you overcome you know, tough, yeah, and, tough situations. And, yeah, and in our town, there were some very specific bullies. There was a kid named Ammonhauser that everybody called Ammo. And he's guy, and yeah. he was rough. And, uh, but I remember at one point, I made him laugh. And then he's like, you can ride the back of my truck. <laughs> and then, and then, well, but I thought, that's a powerful thing. I like, whatever that is, I like that. It seems like you get beat up a little less if you, if you can do that. So, you know, I certainly wanted to, uh, pursue that and uh you know my my thing was always if i get on tv one time everybody in my hometown will like me which turns out to be not true <laughs> but now i was always thinking i get i'll get this we'll get this thing under control here you know i mean you have you when you're a kid and, and i've shared about you know my my lunatic mom uh would go drinking and she was a drug addict and stuff before she left but she made drug addicts and alcoholics make sloppy parents. And oh. they make very bad choices. And she left me with a, this man in the neighborhood who was a pedophile. And, you know, you kind of, when you go through that, uh, you know, as a kid, because you're totally confused what the hell is going on, but you do, you do learn to disassociate. And you learn to that imagine this other 
world, this other, you know, just to get through it. And, uh, and, and I found that to be a helpful thing. I also, when I got, uh, as an adult, I got sober, I went down, I went and found the guy. We, my brothers tracked him down and, and went and confronted him. And uh, he's a big uh, religious guy, a big business owner. I found him and I confronted him. And, and I, I felt like, uh, well, that's, uh, that's okay, I, that's complete. Uh, and 30 other boys came forward and, uh, you know, but uh, I thought that's a, you know, as my journey along to, you know, to uh, deal with things and then move along, I thought that was pretty satisfactory. Um, but I do remember as a, as a kid sort of being in this other, you know, world where I would watch TV and, and it'd be it, Walt Disney. So I, I could see myself there. I have no idea how that happens or what the, you know, but, but, uh, you know, when you deal with things like that, you do learn to have sort of a, fa a fantasy world, and sometimes those fantasies all come true. So, you know, you got to deal with stuff. What a resilience! Um, I can relate to a lot of what what you're talking about in terms of I I'm not I wasn't born in the U.S. I actually came here from another country when I was a teenager, all by myself. So I've Where? been through Czech Where Republic. Check oh, yeah, the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, and I know damn a lot about losses. I lost my son two years ago. You know, he was in a service and, you know, it's, but, but you, and you, you've learned, you learn, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I have a daughter and a granddaughter and, and you stay in the present moment and you just had to feel the feelings and learn to deal with it, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, I'm just wondering, you have been through so much and you're constantly, in a, I, I would imagine you're in a spotlight a lot. How, how do you deal with all this publicity and then being able to stay true to yourself? Well, you, you know, uh, the thing about uh, having kids, it puts you in a lot of the real world right there, the real world. And I think the fact that I get so much out of, I have some, I get so much self-esteem out of being a dad. You know, there was a time in my life where that other stuff, you know, and especially my first marriage, we were so famous and so my stuff going fighting with the paparazzi, doing all these things. Uh, and, uh, you know, people tried to, you know, do things. I think that that was, and that was sort of my initiation into Hollywood was just mm -hmm. bam, big relationship, this thing, this big show. Uh, People, you know, you just, it, when you've been famous for a long time, when people know you, who you were for 35 or 40 years, it just becomes, you know, I mean, you're grateful because uh, they, you know, uh, but you just got to kind of, when I go, kids and I go places and, uh, you know, people are very nice and come up and say stuff. And I think sometimes, especially my daughter, she's not, <laughs> she doesn't want to share me. But you know, you, you learn to adapt. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Uh, really nice to meet you. You're good. And then you move on. If someone gives you something to sign, you sign it quick, you move on. People are, whenever I go to the airport, there's people that somehow know that I'm coming to the airport. And uh, uh, I am grateful about these phones because they used to have to pull out a camera. And now they can do the selfies. And it's just easier to say yes to each thing and keep moving. Literally keep your body moving. 
don't stop because once you stop you're it's over so um you know there are uh you know uh i try to keep you know i got a good if you're in hollywood long enough you've been humbled a lot uh and mm -hmm. it and it's kind of funny it's you know if you can find the humor in in the ups and downs of your life or your career which uh you know i i could definitely do that so you don't i never assume things uh you know i um but i also don't miss the people outside of the house now the, once in a while my kids get followed and it's if their mom has filed something because she'll file something with the court and and leak it to this haploid uh thing and and then i will be in store and there'll be people filming i'm like oh your mom must have filed something okay uh um you know and i let me just give you an example of something that she of her 12 or 15. uh she accused me of kidnapping kids because i took him to my stepmother's funeral who's her grandmother and uh, my stepmother's married to my dad for 50 years really the only mother i've ever known and uh <laughs> it's, it's 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 madness it's madness and i think though when someone does stuff that often that eventually you know this next month when i go back in court about the kidnapping uh that the judges because you can tell they don't they're they don't want you know it's anything that causes conflict for the kids they're you know they don't like it. so i think when people can do things that are so overt well you know call the police or or say excuse me kidnapping my kid pay him to a funeral um that eventually and hopefully it'll be this time that the legal abuse part because people can always go well that's a high conflict divorce or i got but it's not because I've never filed. I filed for divorce, but I've never filed all this other stuff or called the cops or whatever. So I think it, uh, hopefully this next time uh, it might be the last. But you never know. You can't control people. People are gonna do. No, <laughs> gonna do. So no, that's um, true. So you true. Just protect as best you can. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you sharing that. I know you can't control people because we all come from, you know, our different backgrounds, different preferences, and it's 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 really if the 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 point of conflict, I think, is is in trying to get the others to agree to the way I see the world, and we just see things differently. So, I in my in my world, it's okay to say, you know, this is this is just sort of my stuff, and this is your stuff. I think there's a lot of, you know, with, with uh, the social media, your life is out there, you know, our kids are on it. And in my mind, it's, it's having good conversations with the kids rather than trying to protect them from, from social media. What, what is your view on that? I mean, you have young kids. It's an opportunity to parent. Uh, uh, yeah. The kids are on social media. I mean, I keep, I have some control on what they, you know, and, uh, yeah. and if I ever about something i'll say uh give me your phone open it up and i'll look at everything right in front of them and say well here's what i think like I, my daughter when she was seven she is very smart with technology my son is too i am not she signed herself up for an instagram account and wow. uh I, the mom <laughs> oh i'm gonna have to come these arrows I, you know i go she could have done that then i got her phone she had and it was public so i just made it private now it's her, her girlfriend but you know that's that kind of stuff happens you know yeah. i know we talk about it like we listen to kids like uh 
TikTok uh, radio, a satellite radio, and we'll be driving to school, and then I'll hear songs, because they say all the words, these people, and every time there's been like the N word, you hear it in song, and then I stop, I go, okay, here's the thing, there's a lot of things you can say, but that's the number one you cannot say, and I'll tell you why, and I tell them why, I'll tell them, I'll, I'll tell about history, I'll tell about this, that, you know, and even if, uh, uh, my son, all of his buddies, second, he's in fourth grade, all their gamer handles they do Fortnite is something yeah. 60. And the guys they admire, these older guys, are something 69. And so we're driving to school the other day, and I said, son, do you know what 69 is? He's like, no, no. It's a sexual <laughs> thing. And he's like, oh, my God. That's good. I, I go, want me to explain it? He's like, no, my daughter, he did. Yeah, I do. I go, okay, honey. It's like this. People are yeah. in love. Yeah. They both are, uh, 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 I take their clothes off. One stands on their head. I mean, that's about as far as I get. And uh, <laughs> I, I go, well, that's the thing. I just, you know, so when you write that 69 thing, that's yeah. a, it's a reference to this thing that, that grosses you out, uh, a, a relationship thing. So. You know, uh, you, I I do the best to inform them, and again, the, the stuff they see from their mom, bananas. So that they got a, they've seen a lot of of things. But I do like, I do the social media. My daughter creates little videos. You mm -hmm. know, and it's very creative. You know, and she'll be, I'll be watching her, and and she'll be kind of doing this thing, dancing or doing it, and then she'll edit it. And I'm like, well, that's very, you know, number one, I'm in the entertainment business, so I want them to learn a little bit about it. But it's also the skills that they are uh, developing, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, you know, social media, I, I don't, there are people like, it's, a, it's the devil. But it's also this great opportunity where, I mean, you could be, ta I could be talking to you on social media. That would never yeah. happen. Uh, and, uh, you know, my son plays Fortnite with kids in Israel. And uh, they do weird hours and all over the uh, world. And, uh, you know, I hear them shit talking to each other. <laughs> I'm like, you guys, you know, and I might yeah. do this. I'll come in the room and he's playing video games. Like, Dad, shh, Dad, please. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, and then I'll, I'll listen, believe me, to see what's going on. But then later I'll be in the kitchen and he'll come in and go, Dad, can you come back in and say hi to my <laughs> like it's That's I'm between cool. a you know dad's a big stuff or nothing something nothing between. I you know I, I I love hear you say that that it's an opportunity to parent uh to say you know I mean could you imagine um this was uh so many years ago would you have would you allow back then your 13 14 year old daughter to get into a stranger's car you know, a decade ago when the Uber was not around. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's technology. Oh, we I can't would... stop it. But like you said, having, having conversations with, with our kids, I mean, I have an 11 year old granddaughter and, and she, she's amazing. But again, there's, there's trust, you know, we, we talk yeah. every day. And so, yeah, it's uh it's an interesting dilemma. Sure. Hey, Tom, finally, finally, <laughs> cause you are, you, you really get, get people. Uh, what is your pet peeve? What what yeah. what uh, what's the one thing that that gets on your nerves? And let me finish. Did you say you're a grandmother? 
Yes. <laughs> oh, yours. You are a smoking hot grandpa. That gives me hope. That gives I'll me take hope. it. I'll, I'll take uh, it. Uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, you know the 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 stuff about you know because there is you can't uh, you can't dwell on what could be the worst case scenario yeah. because otherwise you get so tight. Now my kids and I live in a house that's basically a bunker. There's 21 cameras inside, outside the house, and you know. But uh, this offer, <laughs> I think I'm going to get a home invasion or whatever. It's it's you know for their mom because you got to edit, edit together these videos. But I certainly don't want my kids. I never. Uh, I I like to have play dates here and sleepovers. Um, you know, you get. I've gotten to know some parents that I trust and respect, and you know, you do this thing. But you you know, you're always. Uh, you know, I I'm not a a person that would put uh, my kids with a true stranger. I'd always have to be talk talk to the mom or the dad or or whatever. I got to get because it's a weird thing. You if you, I said to you, put all your jewelry, the deed to your house, everything valuable, put it in that car with that stranger, and they're going to drive off. You go, I will not do that. I will that would never. But if you say, what's the most important thing in the world to your kids? But you'll a lot of parents will just put them everything that means anything, and they drive off. I remember once when my ex and I were trying to live together. It was about sip, you know that doing that thing. You live on one side of the house, I'll live on one. We'll sell the house. Everything will be cool. Uh, uh, I went to the door, but I heard the bell. What does it? And there was a guy from Craigslist. He goes, I I'm Mark from Craigslist. I go, yeah. Uh, he goes, I'm supposed to take the kids to the park. That she hired, she was upstairs and didn't want it, and hired a guy for Craigslist, and it really stunned me. I'm like, Mark, this is your lucky day. Uh, you're going to get paid, <laughs> but you also don't have to take my kids to the park. So, uh, you know, you're a little, and when you meet people that are that you trust with your kids, they're you know, yeah. you keep, you keep, you keep them. You go, what's the group? But I got a couple of women that are just very excellent, and uh, you know, always, have always been with us. You know, for years, and they're just excellent. One, uh, one helps cleans the house. One's my assistant, who's young and fun. And then the woman that cleans the house is uh, younger than me, of course. But she's a great mother. She speaks no English. I never. Uh, my kids can <laughs> talk to her, and I don't think she she may speak English, but not to me. But we, there's <laughs> nothing. This relationship I have with her, like she thinks ahead. She knows where everything is. She does everything. She'll think what's best uh, for the kids and get, you know, so it's, it's a, those are two great relationships and you do, uh, you know, you do have to think about things differently. Now, pet peeves. <sighs> pet peeves. You know, I try to, uh, uh, um, uh, there's something that bugs me. <laughs> There's a, you know, WhatsApp, WhatsApp, that app yeah, that I yeah. try, you know, I, you know, it's the first of the year, all the moms from each grade get on and some dads and okay. the, the information just starts, you know, and uh, there's a lot of messages, you know, there'll be a hundred people on these things. And then uh, something happens where somebody gets triggered and against the school, <laughs> they become like a lynch mob against oh, one wow. teacher what they want to fire them and they you know they're going to go down and demand this and that it makes me very 
I mean, it could it could change like that. And you know, I I will say, I will read what they're doing. And once in a while, I go listen. If you guys do that, no good teacher will ever come to our school. Mm. And so mm. though that's school with the crazy parents. And I always tell if you don't like, first of all, you can pull your kids out anytime. Yeah. Uh, but B, are you down there volunteering every, you know, I volunteer a lot because how how could I complain about somebody if I'm yeah. not sitting there? Good point. And, uh, you know, so those are, uh, you know, happy's uh, happy myself. I, you know, it's hard for me to get motivated to, and I work out every day. It's very important. Two years ago, I had a mini stroke and uh, then I lost my house, but just by focusing, uh, you know, and, and up to that point, I kind of had blamed my kids. During COVID, I gained a shit ton of weight. I had a beard because that kind of, you know, sweatpants, sweatpants to the face is what men call it. And uh, no woman, I haven't had a date in seven years. No, no woman has seen me with my shirt off. My kids have, and what that the pressure is not. But I had this little bitty stroke while I was giving them a, a bath, and then I, I I got started diligently working out. And I tell them I need an hour a day, guys. I need to do this cardio right here. And uh, every other time I get on the elliptical and I have the headphones, just get them on, start going. All of a sudden they'd appear right here, arguing. <laughs> He's doing this. She's doing this. He's, please, guys. And but. Right. At that point, uh, uh, my son, I remember once my daughter came out and he's he's like, quit. Daddy <laughs> needs his mental health time or whatever he said. It was very funny to hear from him. But I can easily I'll go, okay, I'm going to work out this time. Oh, no, we got something going on over here. I'm going to wait till, you know, I wish I, I had a little more time discipline. Uh, I have, there is something it's, I have worked on it. I, I'm not, uh, today I was a little late, but I had a good reason. But I don't like being late. I like being a little early, you know, because uh, of the anxiety, getting things set up. I used to go out everything like last second. I could do all this stuff, all this stuff. But I, uh, what I do now, I take a beat before any decision. I just, and I, I do that with the kids because kids will get you rushing around. Yeah. And I just, I just take a beat. And uh, um, I don't have a lot of, uh, pet peeves. So my next door neighbor here, our next door neighbor, the kids, like people either love being the kids or they don't, they just hate them, you know, because kids are very active. My kids are out, we're, we're, we're louder than most people. My son puts up 24 Christmas trees. We're Jewish, but he puts up 24 Christmas trees in the front yard. People, it, you know, some people are going to say, oh, that's very cute. And other people, but the next door neighbor lady, she's and I am obsessed with her because she's so she because she doesn't like me so much. It does remind me of a lot of relationships. But she wrote me a text one day and said, um, "Yeah, could you when you're working out, could you little breathe less or you're I can hear breathe you less." So, so. <laughs> and what uh, when I bought, she's an attorney. It turns out, and she said, "When I'm on my uh, team meeting or conference, whatever she's on." <laughs> I can still hear you there. People are asking me questions. And so I wrote, well, tell him it's Tom Arnold. That's a hilarious story. The guy grunting next door is Tom Arnold. And so we went back and forth. And she's like, <laughs> being condescending. I go, okay, I'm being condescending. But it's, so from that point, first of all, I said to her, listen, the kids and I have lived here two years, a lot yeah. longer than you have. Oh, and the other neighbors look like, she said, uh, they they don't complain because 
but they do complain. Just not to you. And also, I've lived here for 10 years. Like, I had no idea she was right there. I didn't know she was. So anytime she comes out of the house, you know, uh, um, it's just a very, just that hatred or that disdain, you know, that she has, it, it, it keeps me alive. You know, the, all the other people that love kids, they really watch out for my kids here. Uh, but she's, it's fascinating that, uh, that, that a, a person would be that wound up about my breathing and <laughs> my grunts and growth. I do try to keep them down. You know, I try not to do it too much, but I think, you know, it's a, it's a thing with wow. women want me to stop. That's what, that's what it is. So, uh, you know, people. You know, people that get bugged by uh, kids, people get bugged by babies on the plane, is uh, people that treat the flight attendants, flight with disrespect or waiters or whatever, this world, because after COVID, people, there's a lot of people that are just, that just lost their sense of decency and they scream and they do this stuff. And, and uh, uh, that's, you know, that's not okay, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and all you can do is control what you contribute into this world and how you act. Absolutely. Because even what you're describing with your neighbor, and I had to learn it myself as well. Is it nothing to do with you? And again, yeah. I, like I said earlier, you know, it's it's expecting that people and circumstances will be in a certain way that you want them to be. And if they're not, you get triggered. So, you know, it's, uh, but in a scheme of everything you've been through, this sounds, you know, just like nothing. Um, well, it's abuse, Tom, it's abuse. You know, I, when I get criticized on the internet, the trolls, people say really nice things. And I'm like, I appreciate that, I do. But once in a while, these trolls, I just have to engage with them. It is so funny, it just really engage. What I found too is when there's somebody that's trolling you and saying negative stuff, uh, uh, I, I wanted to have a show called Say It To My Face where somebody trolled you, let's say they worked at McDonald's, you go there, you show up yeah. in the light, hey, did you say, say this to my face? Now, the problem with that is, you know, you're in different worlds, number one, you can't, it's not like a fair fight. But two, mm. what I found by uh, finding these people you know, doing a little, I forget what they call it, where you get their address or whatever, anyway, you know, I think it's probably illegal, is that when I have been in a position to talk to them, they've always been like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm such a big fan. I just wanted you to communicate with me. And so I, I realized I'm never doing that again because that was, that made me feel bad about myself. So, you know, I try to, it's funny to be trolled, but, you know, and but another thing I do when I go to the, I, because I have kids, you know, we'll go to the store, I'll get the cart, put stuff in the back, and I always put the cart back in the in the cart corral. And for the kids, like, we got to go. I go, no, no, you got to do this. I, and I walk over, and it's a pain in the butt. It's a pain in the butt, but I, but do it. And I think, uh, you know, maybe they'll remember this. Okay. So it's making me a better person. I'm like, why do I have to do this? Oh, okay, I'll do it. So little things yeah. like that. I think about it. You do it enough. Big things. Yeah, Yeah, look, they they add up, Tom. I mean, what you said about the trolls, you know, I I hear that sometimes too. I think sometimes people um, 
they they when they deploy these comments again it's uh it's it's they have stuff going on in their lives uh and it's uh you got to deploy compassion there's probably not a lot going on you know and i always say to myself they're probably not loved enough you know in their lives and uh so you 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 just you just have to you just have to move move past that but the small things like moving that cart you know even if it's like you know, if it's cold outside and, and just the small things, kids do notice. It's, um, that's, that's really cool. Even how you interact with, uh, with, uh, you know, the, the wait staff in a restaurant and saying thank you. And yeah, it's, it shouldn't disappear. So listen, you and I can, we can talk like this is, I, I didn't know you from Adam, otherwise from, you know, from the shows, but that's very different. Um, never met you before, but I felt like I've known you for a long time. So this has been really enjoyable. And, and I, and I want to thank you, you know, for agreeing to come on a show and, and sharing yourself uh, with us. Thank you very much. Wish you the best of luck. You got a good operation there too. Like very professional. I was surprised. Thank to be you. honest with you. you got guys there. Oh, thank you. Whatever. No, well, I, thank I, you I appreciate much. it. Thank, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, and to our uh, to our viewers, uh, don't forget to subscribe to our Beyond the Bar podcast. Follow us on all social media platforms, and make sure you join us again. And until next time, stay curious and stay inspired.